everybody, and welcome to the 320 Club podcast. Why is it called the 320 Club? Well, 420 was already taken, and happy hours happening somewhere else. We're your hosts. I'm Whiskey. And I'm Rox. Uh, so, happy new year, by the way. <laughs> I guess this friend. is a start of a, a fresh new year for the 320 Club, so let's see let's see how long we can keep this thing running. Um, but uh, before we start... Um, we're trying something different today. We're this is our first attempt at a at a remote podcast. We're actually doing this from two different remote locations. I know it doesn't sound like a big deal for a lot of those Twitch streamers and all the people who play video games and and uh, do podcasting on the regular, but it's uh, new for us. So we're always trying to expand and and increase our skills, and I think it's working out all right. What do you think? So far, so good. Yay! Awesome. <laughs> Yeah, anyway. Um, what are you drinking? I can't see what you're drinking. Yeah, today I don't get, I don't get to share. Uh, it's, I'm just back to my steady old uh, Prince Edward Island um, whiskey. From the oh, right on. Called The Straight. That was very delicious stuff. It yeah. was excellent. Whiskey 43, they call it. Um, myself, I have opened up my bottle of Glen Morangi Quinta Rubin. The Quinta Rubin Port Cask Finish, aged 12 years, non-chill, filtered, uh, matured in ruby port casks. Glen Morangi is a, it's a fine, fine whiskey. You go for the original, the Glen Morangi original. It's a 10-year-old Scotch, but uh, it's delicious. It's got one of the highest ratings on uh, on the rating site that I use for for whiskeys and stuff. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. What brings us here today, Whiskey? Well, you, we were chatting on Facebook, and you sent me a link to George Carlin, uh, a stand-up, uh, or I guess, set that he did. And uh, I just wanted to talk about it, because okay. I think it made a good topic. It sort of danced around a lot of things that we've done before, uh, done previously. And I right. think it brings it all, um, it brings us together in the sense of a very populist opinion of, uh, and a very actually bleaker look at the world, and um, you mean a bleaker? A bleaker look at the world. Okay. Because when we look at these things, they're they're easy to. See. He creates a straw man argument, and then he just attacks it. Um, and as we look to educate and inspire people, I think it's 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 important to understand other opinions that are out there. And be prepared to discuss what he's actually talking about and how it relates to well, all our listeners. Well, I'll start. I'll start it off by, like, I've already asked you this question before uh, on our last couple episodes there, but the question I keep coming up with is, uh, why are you so supportive of bureaucracies and and business types? And the and the like. I'll I'll restate why I asked that question again because. I've spent the better part of, let's say, the last 20 or so years watching media that is anti-bureaucracy, anti-corporation. Um, I mean the George Carlin bit is um, – that's kind of – it's gone around and been viral a couple of times, but it's uh, it's it's viral again. And it's I think it was his last live HBO performance. He was starting to, he was starting to get quite up there in the age um, before he passed away. But it's, it's pretty – pretty staggering some of the stuff that he's saying like how you know 
you have owners and you know you as a citizen you you don't have freedom you have owners there are people out there who own you um and so that's the kind of that's the kind of media that i grew up watching i mean just look at all the other media that we that we uh have you know made very popular like star wars is very anti empire and anti um structured bureaucracy or whatever you want to call it I watched uh, the old Jason Bourne movies. They, they showed uh, this clandestine and corrupt um, bureau of uh, within the uh, um, Central Intelligence Agency. I mean, it was just a couple people, but you know, I digress. Captain America he ends up uh, opposing Shield because it gets corrupted from the inside. Um, and I mean, even one of my favorite movies of all time, The Shawshank Redemption. It talked about the institutionalization of inmates and how it sapped the hope and freedom out of what were showcased as good men. I mean, a lot of them committed murder, and you know, the only they talked about I didn't do it. Lawyer fucked me in in the uh, in the sh in the film there. But this is kind of what I grew up with, right? So that so I, there's there's therein lies the question again: is you seem to be very supportive of the establishment of bureaucracies and of uh, big business and all that kind of stuff. So why? <laughs> well, I'm supportive because I'm in interest of fairness. We, we want things that are documented a prop properly and we want everyone to be treated fairly. I mean, uh, we want, if we pay an organization for a product, we want them, to, the product that I buy, I want you to have the same product. Right? Okay. Because, I mean, if we look at our manufacturing processes uh, from one angle, if you buy a Ford and I buy a Ford and if you buy one model and I buy the same model, we want something that is comparable to when, we, when it comes back to it. We don't want to go, well, does yours make that rattling noise? Well, no, my rattle's over here. Like, we there, there's a whole bureaucratic process that supports the standard um uh, standard uh, to standardize outputs okay quality control is one is really a bureaucratic process um when we say that we're owned it's because we spend so little time trying to understand the systems that we're involved in like how many people know what apple looks like but we were perfectly willing to drop twelve hundred dollars on one of their phones well but, and i mean we supported the the direction that the that companies like apple went in I mean, if you if you're really supportive of of the people uh, around you and getting you know making sure that jobs have stayed within the bounds of the country that you lived in or whatever, I mean your your Apple iPhone would easily cost minimum two thousand dollars, but it's because those companies that we you know whether you want to say we push them in that direction or not. Those companies took their business and manufacturing overseas, where the cost of labor is a hell of a lot cheaper, thereby allowing us allowing us to have a, a much cheaper product, right? So there's a the way I see it now, in you know, as I'm getting a little bit older, is that uh, I'm starting to understand and acknowledge, like you can bitch all you want, but this is the system we got, and you can't have your cake and eat it too. Yeah, that's right. So you want everybody wants the day where. Oh, we could settle everything on a handshake. Well, yeah, you know what happened with that one guy who did a sentence? He got his ass sued because he didn't deliver properly. 
I mean, mm-hmm. anybody that's traveled the world before knows that the handshake means nothing. It's what's written on paper. And even that could be a fight because possession is nine-tenths the law. Um, well, he may have done as good a job as he could have. You know, he may have done a superb job. But somebody, you know, whether there's a liar on the giving end or a liar on the receiving end, the assumption is that people are completely fallible. I think what we need to get into is, is that there's this inherent um, resistance against these nameless, faceless corporations. Why? They're, they're corporations, so it's okay to steal from them because everything on the internet should be free. Um, it's okay to, you know... To mess up, mess with them because they're so big and I have so little. Well, I'll give you another example of it being popularized in the media, and this is probably the most classic example. Look at Robin Hood, for Christ's sakes, stealing from the rich to give to the poor, right? So there's an inherent mistrust, especially in the West, of those who have wealth um, and those who, um, you know, have sport and I, I don't know how to best to explain it, but they. They carry the favor of big business, of large corporations, and like you say, they're faceless, right? Well, this is not this is not uh, this is not an, an old uh, a new thing. It's not even recent. I mean, uh, England what, several centuries ago was angry about absentee landlords, um, mm. and you talk about the Irish potato famine. Well, England or, or the UK was still exporting uh, food during that period, even though they're under a famine. So, um, there's this inherent distrust of organizations you don't have control over, organizations you don't understand. Um, are we working slaves? If you choose to, or if you're ill-informed, somebody will take advantage of you. It is not, has businesses will, and so will people. The, the businesses are just another entity in that chain of, oh, we should, uh, you know have the most data in our cell phone plan because it makes sense because I use data. No, no. I should drive an F1, a Ford F-150 while I go to school. No, it doesn't make any sense. No, Unless, you got to do what's practical for you. But, yeah, the whole thing on George Carlin, like I think I said it to you as well, um, was that, uh, what did I what did I write here? I'm trying to see if I can find it. I have, oh yeah. So, so I showed you the video and you said, I do not agree. It is hyperbole. It's all a straw man argument. And I, and you know what, in hindsight, like I used to, I used to love watching George Carlin growing up. I've watched all, watched all of his HBO specials and it kind of informed my young, uh, I guess you want to say teenage, but moving into young adult life in my twenties and stuff. But, uh, here's the thing is, um, in my age as a as a young man i i'm i'm starting to not share the same opinions anymore like i've been reevaluating the idea that there is no such thing as freedom like i've been identifying that whole thing as as nonsense there's absolutely freedom and we've actually had we actually have more freedom um than we know what to do with we've ha- had it more than ever before now there's caveats to that like the eyes of tech companies are on you like they're listening to everything you fucking say and do like you don't think alexa is recording it everything in your house you got another thing coming um but that said you have more freedom of choice to do what makes most sense to you than ever before oh i totally agree i totally agree 
But and it takes planning. Life isn't free. You need yeah. to realize that life isn't free. Um, and you should tailor your dreams accordingly. If you think that you know what you should have everything you want out of life, well, you have another thing coming. Um, so in 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 some respects, we go into uh, maybe we could just take a static pause here and let, let, let's just go into one of his arguments that he that he proposed. Okay. Okay, and uh, again, I'll play it, and I'll recount, recount the first point. Is the reason education sucks, and it's the same reason that it will never, ever, ever be fixed. He says, uh, one of his first open uh, segments in this is, there's a reason why education sucks, and there's a reason why it'll never be fixed. And he is he substantiates by saying, "Never going to get any better. Don't look for it. Be happy with what you got." Sounds like Donald Trump in this clip, anyway. This country don't want that. Saying that again. Sorry, you're cutting out a bit. He sounds like Donald Trump in this clip. He sounds like Donald Trump. You think so? He used the same um, or oratory. The style. same syntax. Yeah. Interesting. He's just speaking it from the left point of view rather than the right. Now, keep in mind, this was done back, I want to say, in maybe 2008. I think that's when this uh, this uh, HBO special was uh, released. So we're talking 10 years ago now. And again, this is, uh, uh, I mean, this is American politics and... Yeah, I mean, he, he, he does, but he, if, if, you, if you look at this, the setting here, and I, maybe we should bring that into play here, is he's in front of a studio. Um, because he's George Carlin, he already has a, fo- a following, and people are paying to see him. So well, they, and you also have to well, tell with the fact on. that he's a stand-up comic, no, no, and he's doing on. it to be entertaining. I know, and he's, he's, he's pre-select. So if you look at the survey of the world... Um, it uh, the people are there pre-selected. Then you're when you're listening to it, um, people are cheering him on because they're already identifying with him before they got there. If you had a room, yeah, a, a proper demographic, not everybody would be cheering, and it probably wouldn't be as loud. Um, but when you say education is messed up because the companies are controlling it, I would say in Canada that's not true at all. I know business companies have- don't control. Uh, I guess universities are now companies. Well, they always were, um, but they're businesses. You're right. Yeah. But when we talk about like high school education, that's run by you and me. That's we elect our trustees. We the school boards are elected people and hired by the school boards to do a particular job. If we want something to change, then we change it. But they're not influenced by lobbyist groups and 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 businesses to, you know. Um, Hey, this is what you should include in in your. Uh, you this is what you should include in your curriculum. They don't do that. Be very hard to do it. Be very hard to do it. I know there's a lot of influence from the ideologies that get pushed that get pushed forward. Um, that seems to be pretty prevalent. But the idea that uh, the the education system that we currently have is designed. To produce obedient workers, which is what, uh, what which is what Carlin gets into here late uh, later. I mean, I'm not seeing a lot of obedient workers <laughs> out yeah. there right now. I'm seeing but, a lot of dissidents and <laughs> people who are not satisfied with the system. I mean, and and that's and that's the balance, okay? 
So if you have your iPod and you want it to work just like your buddy's iPod, you're going to need something. They're called standards. And if those standards as a worker aren't met, then they're not going to function the same way. So technically, the person who's putting the thing together, you want them to be obedient. But the, the first time your phone doesn't work, you're like, God damn it, this thing is not working. So you sw- you basically swear at whoever put it together because they put it together wrong, and you're upset about it. But it's okay. Mm-hmm. But you complain when someone's not obedient. But you, when you study um, uh, business now, and you look at the evolution of the knowledge worker and what you're doing with them, you don't want them to be obedient because it's not the style of work for work environment they're in. No, you want them to think to be able to carry on your i don't know like in a in a structured environment you want people to be able to think for themselves in a way that is going to be supportive of the larger entity's aim i guess i don't know that's per- the, the best analogy is you see the preschoolers holding the rope and then you <laughs> see the grade ones not holding the rope well they're different they're in a different environment and they have different intellectual capacities yeah. For regard for safety and what the task is at that hand. So if you're holding, if you have to hold the yellow rope, well, there's a reason for that. You're in that particular bracket. Just follow suit. Uh, because if you're supposed to hold the rope and you don't hold the rope, bad things will happen to you. <laughs> that's, that's awful. That's a terrible analogy. You think about that. It's like get in line, be the obedient little thing that you need to be. Yeah, but, but <laughs> in order to survive, but you, you you just you just did the populist thing again. You ignored the bracket that you're in. If your job you're... is to hold the rope, hold the rope. Get an other. If you don't want to hold the rope, get a new job. And, and that's the main thing. So, if you want to not hold the rope, you want to be a knowledge worker. You want to be independent. And as we go through our teenage years, we crave independence. That's right. Um, Become an entrepreneur, but don't go to school first because you're going to be spending all that time. You're not going to take any entrepreneurial risk when you're so overburdened with student debt that you – why would you take a risk? Well, no. Well, there's, there's other things with this too, right? Sure, you're, you're debt and there's risk and you know what? There's four years of partying involved. Like, um, But when you go to university, it opens your eyes to a whole bunch of other things. And because universities have a balanced program – you're only not. You're, you're going to learn more than just what you you put your blinders on to see. We want. I would. I would caution you in saying universities have balanced programs, because I don't know so much about that lately, given what's going on in the current university climate, with all this nonsense I keep hearing about in the news. Well, if you're going to university, universities are a balanced program. College programs, trade. You only focus on things that are attributed to the trade. Otherwise, ours people would take zero math. Um, right. Right? You had to take a math, didn't you, when you went, did your history, your arts degree? Did not. See? You really? I did not have to take a wow. math math course. Well, I think I had to take a science course of something of some kind. So, of course, me being rocks, I decided to take rocks for jocks. Good old geology, my friend. <laughs> But you're starting to see my point. Like they, they I, I am you. seeing your point. There is somewhat of a balance, but the – I'm just going to say it up front. If you are a parent and you got kids who are going towards post-secondary education, don't send them to the humanities. 
If they're going to go to university to get an education, get into engineering, get into the sciences, get into stuff that has actual practical value, get into business, get into economics, all that kind of stuff. Because the arts, you are not learning anything there. I'm just – I'm sorry, but that's where it's at right now. Do not get into the arts, period. Well, no, I would, I would take, a, say, take a step back, okay? And I would say figure out where you want to go and figure out the steps to get there. Because some things, like a, uh, if you want to become a teacher and you need a degree in education to get there, but that's a, <laughs> yeah. that's a, that's a, um, uh, there's an intermediate step in between. Yeah, get an arts degree, then go to teacher's college. I think that's fine. Yeah. I mean, no, there's no courses that there. you want to take for sure that are going to be applicable to what you're interested in and that you will be interested in teaching once you get that teacher's education degree. Right. You want that that uh, bachelor of education, you like. Yeah. But getting the courses, if you want to teach high school, if you want to go and teach even elementary school, um, when you're going through for your degree program before you go into teachers college and all that kind of stuff, uh, like I'm sorry, but gender studies, critical whiteness studies, critical race studies cultural studies don't get involved in these courses because they're just polluted with nothing but social justice nonsense and they're trying to indoctrinate your kids and they're trying to indoctrinate you into thinking a certain way all right and it's not of any benefit to what you're actually looking to teach when you're going to if you want to go say teach history in high school or english or any other uh, general subjects that you get taught in high school Right. You don't you don't take it. These these uh, these oppression Olympics courses that they're putting out there, they're nonsense. Don't get involved in them. Anyway, that's my two cents. <laughs> Whoa. People probably don't even know what the hell I'm talking about. Tell me what, what you're what tell me you, talking about. Tell cultural me how you really studies. feel. What's that? Tell me how you really feel. Yeah. Well, I mean. So don't, I, would, I would take a step There's back. a whole language. There's a whole language that gets used in academia that I've been hearing about. Um, and who knows? Maybe I'm getting a biased opinion. Maybe I'm getting the uh, one side of the argument. But when I hear that um, university departments, like I kind of did a little bit of investigating. And when I'm looking – when I'm hearing about university departments doing um, – some of the some of the departments that universities are creating around. I'll take uh, the University of Toronto for example. Um, University of Toronto has thirteen different departments devoted to what you call diversity and inclusiveness and equity and all that kind of stuff. And I'll name them off right here: University of Toronto Equity Home, Anti-Racism and Cultural Diversity Office, University of Toronto Sexual and Gender Diversity Office, Community Safety Office. U of T Health and Wellness Center, University of Toronto Family Care Office, the Eagles Longhouse, Indigenous Student Services First Nations House, Center for Indigenous Studies, Sexual Education Center, University of Toronto Accessibility Services, Accessibility for Ontarians with Disabilities Act Office, Multi-Faith Center. I mean, that, that that's the list there. Now, some of them have practical um, practical implications when you're getting into people who have access accessibility issues, disabilities, that kind of stuff. Sure, you want to have a department for that. Fine. 
Um, but when we're getting into the sexual education center and you're getting into the, you keep hearing about it from, uh, different sources about like safe spaces and all this nonsense, um, man, there's a reason why student loans are so goddamn high It's because they're, you're, you are paying for those departments to be in existence. No, you can't say you. So no, I'll push back a little bit here. Okay. So the aim of the university of Toronto is a business. It feels that it needs to have these programs. There, if there's no, if no one wanted to take these studies, there would be no need for them. The class size would be minimum fill. The program would die. Okay. What practical reason do you have for taking gender studies in university? What what practical application does it have outside of the university? I do, well, if you're a human resources, that'd be very important. If you're working for government, that'd be very important. If you're working for a school board that you're looking to, for programs, it'd be very important. If you're looking to study demographics and, and deciding how people are affected by purchasing decisions, it'd be very important. So there are okay. applications of this. There's do, You can get a doctorate in symbology and how colors on the screen uh, affect the viewer in advertising. So it's not for, I don't think it's for us to judge. Okay. Hmm. I would, listen, it, it's a business case. Okay. Figure out where you want to go, figure out all the steps to get there, and then do it. Well, figure out what you want to do first. So before you figure out what you want, where you want to go, and you, you need to realize the the other grow, fast growing segment of the population are people who are retiring from the web, uh, the workforce and are going back to school to do things they never, they always wanted to learn, but never got an opportunity because they they had to work to support. Yeah, but what family. are you learning from these? Not my business to say. It really hmm. isn't. It, you know what? You know what? There's blacksmithing courses too. Those exist. Do I need to take blacksmithing? No, but do I need to take pottery? Maybe not, but they exist. Do I need to learn how to play the guitar? But there's a practical application with that. There's no for me learning how to play the guitar. There's no practical application at all. There's no practical. Okay, there's no practical application for you to learn how to play guitar. What if you get good enough that you can record an album and? you end up making good money playing music. I mean, it's not easy to do. It's very rare for someone to become that successful. But still, I, there's still a practical application well, you, for that. Your, your argument is even weakened because if I say there's a, if there's a practical application for me to understand or at least have a, a better understanding of how genders, uh, genders influence in the workforce and influence on the, on the workers as a manager. But you're assuming that the studies, the the information that they're teaching to young people in these classes is of that type of benefit, but it's not. No, you can't. It's all filled with it's all filled with lingo that only they can understand. Um, but they're making all, up a it, whole language it's about something it. It will mature over time, and then if it if it's valid, it'll live. If otherwise, it will die. It's been it's going like, on since the '60s. Yeah, but you know what? Yeah, uh, when we started 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 studying chemistry, we we had we called it alchemy, and that's in that was 120 years ago when we stopped calling it that. So, like these things will evolve. Just give it time, okay? And they're they're not doing it malevolently; they're doing it benevolently. They're trying to understand humans and as we integrate the workforce. Well, according to so we brought it up before. There's three academics out there who have gotten involved with this whole thing 
uh, about uh, you know diversity and inclusion and uh, and whatever, whatever you want to call it. They've gotten involved in the whole process, and they ended up, like you said, they published twenty fake articles, and uh, I don't know, some of them, most of them were accepted, some of them were put up for awards, because what's happening in academia right now is people are not following the scientific process. They're not following the legitimate rules by which you actually come up with facts, come up with proper conclusions. So what people in, in these in these different studies are doing is they're coming up with conclusions and they're just just trying to they're 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 creating evidence they're or they're trying to find evidence to support their conclusion without ever even if their conclusion is easily disproved. Yeah, and, and you know what? That's for academia to sort out. You know what? We could say there's there's problem with businesses out there because they steal from people. Well, you know what? There's regulatory agencies that will come and kick your ass. Okay? Universities do have stuff to lose. If they lose accreditation, degrees degrees are worthless. And that accreditation is money. Okay? So if, if a university loses accreditation to teach, it's basically not a university anymore. So it does matter. Um, so the p- papers where these things are coming from, yeah, the, the, the profs are going to come back and, and do something. Um, the journals. You are, think so? Oh yeah. Don't worry. It, academics, you think it's going to come around? I think you're right. I think it is going to come around like full circle. Like these people who have been spouting off this social justice nonsense for the last couple of years, like it's become more prevalent. It's been going on for a long, long time, but it's like, it's very up there, up and in, in your face now. Like it's, it's mainstream. Yeah, the it, fact that it, so, you're so, seeing a lot of it in the news the fact that these three academics can go ahead and publish 20 fake articles and get awards for some of them i mean i think you're right i think there's there's going to be i think there's going to be a reckoning uh in the universities yeah and and cuz some some uh some doctors or you know academics they they thrive off the prowess of how many articles they they publish and they get reputation for that um but you're going to start seeing more journals like IEEE where it's heavily scrutinized by their peers. Um, and the, You mean the, the, the journal uh, process or whatever the exactly. hell it is? Exactly. So, so you're going to start seeing more sp- trade-specific because gender studies is not a very mature um, no. branch of academia. You're going to start well, like I said, what well, happens on, on, is on, people on. are putting forward hypotheses and treating them as conclusions. But when the hypothesis can't be proven through proper testing, the testing itself is accused of being racist or sexist or what have you, and and therefore the whole the whole procedure is just I know, but it's, it's rendered on. moot. I know, but hold on. So so you're going to start seeing more professional practices. So you have IEEE. We are going to have organiz- more ethical organizations. That's what they exist. So you have uh, PEO, Professional Engineers of Ontario, and there's each province has its own um, accreditation. So, so because it's not a, a professional body, there's no regulation associated with it. There's nothing for them to lose if they're found false. Um, you mean how- academics? Academics. However, okay. If you're a, a doctor and you have a PhD in engineering and you lose accreditation for being an engineer, that's significant punishment. Okay, so they will be investigated if it's found false. Um, and if you're if you 
so there, there's for engineers or for these people within the arts studies for, as well for, for engineers well don't say just arts in general because human human resources is a bit of uh, an arts program too well human resources is heavily influenced by this heavily influenced yeah. and to the point that i mean look at look at what's happening with tech companies i mean yeah. i brought it up before too i know but they is have that they have these an young people piece. who are who have gone through university. They've taken some of these, you know, uh, arts courses. They've taken some human resources. They've been uh, mollycoddled and and basically made to think that they're they're supposed to be treated like they're in safe spaces on these campuses. And then when they go into the workforce, a lot of them, some you know, a lot of them going into tech companies or what have you, they they expect to be treated the exact same way. So then. You're you're getting these human resources who are heavy like he, human resources offices who are heavily influenced by what happens within academia, and then the same thing it it leaks even more into politics. You're seeing a lot of that too. I mean, you brought that up yourself as well. Well, just slow down. So the human resources, there are certification bodies for human resources. Um, Canadian CH CHRP Canadian Human Resource Practitioners. Mm-hmm. There, there is certifications out there for human resource practitioners as well. There's a legislative body for doctors. There's a legislative body, or sorry, a, a uh, regulatory body for doctors and lawyers. So they do exist. Um, it's important to understand that this is there. So it, it, we can say, oh, yeah, there's problems with uh, human resources, and they're getting bombarded from things from academia. Well, if unless it's law... Then you know the, the 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 organizations don't have to abide by it. The second piece to that is that it needs. Well, to I f- don't no, think no. it should necessarily no. be law <laughs> because it's all no. part of freedom of speech. Yeah, hold on, hold on. So the second piece to this is right now our economy is going well. It's really hard to find employees, um, and because we're having trouble to find employees, it's. Uh, it's advantageous for the organization to find different ways to attract, you know, the last one to two percent of people because that's what they're short. So they're going to find human resource programs that will do that for them. If they could pick whatever they want, they could uh, tailor the admission process to get candidates exactly that fit their mold. But because we're scraping the the margins to try and fill our workforce, well, there's consequences to that. Um, it's no different than the military effect, uh, admitting obese people uh, because uh, and lower the fitness standards in the the mid two thousands to try and get the recruits that they need. Really? So it's it's just, uh, it's not uncommon for this thing to happen. I don't know. I uh, I get the sense that there's it's a there's a there's a shift in language, um, and when. People, especially within HR, talk about diversity and inclusiveness and all that stuff. They're not speaking the same language that I understand. They're not speaking the same language that I that I'm speaking. And I'll I'll even go through like this is kind of what I looked into of how how it's how they're being defined. Like they'll say the the big three right now, uh, from what I understand, are equity, diversity. And inclusion. Okay. They say equity at its heart is about removing barriers, biases, and obstacles that impede equal access and opportunity to succeed at educational and employment endeavors within the academy. 
Um, I can't remember. Exactly. I think this is from University of Alberta. Um, and I think you mentioned that before. You talked about the pedestal or whatever, the two pedestals, the thing. Uh, the second was diversity. And diversity is fundamentally about valuing human and institutional differences, recognizing diverse talents to advance institutional excellence. Um, and then the last is inclusion. Inclusion is the active engagement of diversity and equity. Access goes beyond physical accessibility to include principles of universal design in all aspects of the university's operations. So I'm reading this and all I see are just a bunch of buzzwords on on paper that that aren't actually saying anything. It sounds like it sounds like what they're talking about is there's a lot of affirmative action. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like they're um, they're trying to incorporate the account the accounting for uh, let's call it past injustice. Uh, affirmative action is well, that's basically what that is, right? So I know universities that are currently in the mainstream media that are going so far as to in install barriers to promote equality, uh, the the idea of equality of outcome. So look at Harvard University as a case in point. The um, Asian Americans um, were often required to have higher standardized test scores on average than peers from other racial groups to qualify for uh, for a letter encouraging promising students to think about Harvard. So they basically increased the standard um, for Asian Americans to get into Harvard. Tell me that's not racist. But they're doing it under the guise of – diversity, inclusion, and equity because they want to have an equal outcome, an equal output getting out of the university. Yeah, I think there's a lawsuit in the States about that one. So, I mean, it is. I appreciate it's a what massive you're trying to say. that's happening right now. <clears throat> I appreciate what you're, what you're trying to say. Um, we're not a slave to the organizations. If that's the words they're using, that's the words they're using to describe the particular program they're doing. They're looking to appease the people and attract workers. So let's let's take a step back. Yeah. Okay. The role of a business is to make money. If you're a university, you make money by having attendees, students in your school. If you're if you're a business, you look at having equal opportunity, equal access. <clears throat> so you need to have clients come in to buy your products, to make your stores uh, accessible. You need to have mm -hmm. your employees to be able to work there. Because if without employees, you don't have the necessary resources to deliver product to the clientele. So okay, so so, so who, who can I, can who, I interrupt you real no, quick? No, you went on a monologue. It's my turn. <laughs> okay. So the the point being is, who, at the end of the day, is I, I I don't care. So as long as the people that are who need help to enter the workforce are getting the help they need, but don't ask. But a, I think a, you a, should care. No, so. Don't, but don't ask an a quadriplegic to you know uh, to be a field uh, cable repair lineman. He can't climb the ladder. It doesn't make any sense. Here, um, here's here's no, the thing, no. though. No, no, it's, it's not the thing at all. So yes, it is. No. <laughs> yes, it is. Here's the thing. If you're if you're gonna pay for something, shouldn't you know it ex exactly what it is you're buying? How many transistors are in your iPhone? You know what the output of what it is I'm buying. I know I'm getting a phone that can call people, that can surf the internet, that can do all these different applications. 
I know what I need to know. I don't need to know. I don't need to have an engineering degree to know the inner inner workings of a phone in order to make the right purchase. Now, what I would do is I would go and look at the reviews of what other people have said about such a phone. Okay. Now, I'm going to say the question to you again. If you're going to buy something, including an education, shouldn't you know exactly what it is you're getting? You do. Shouldn't it's parents in- know on the behalf of their kids that they're send- sending out to these to these institutions? Well, let's pause your rhetoric for there for a second. <laughs> well, it's in the course description, man. And then you read each course has a graduate specification of where they find jobs. And yeah, read about how it. many parents are actually looking at what their kids are studying? I did it when I They're was freaking seventeen and enrolled. Yeah, in college. but you're like you're you're a weirdo. You're 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 above the norm. <laughs> you're better than us. <laughs> the point is, and that's why I'm trying to educate and inspire here. Yeah, well, that's what I'm trying to do. Take a point. Yeah, but you, you, it's very crass. I said, listen, find out where you want to go and plot a route to get there. And you do that by navigating different programs. So this program has, gives me will give me these skills and this understanding that will help me open the door. What? But there is nuance. There is nuance involved there. Yeah, but I mean that's the beauty of going to school is that there's trial and error here. And once you go to well, school, once I you talk can go about to school, nuance. Again. There's there's nuance. Like you could have a plan. You could have planned the whole thing out and say I'm going to take these courses going through. But there's going to be those electives that they say that you have to take, and you choose the one elective where it's just like. This nonsense. Like, um, here's a, here's a program for you. Fat studies. Have you ever heard of that? Is it? It's not about. Do you get, do you it's, get not to about uh, it's not about how. Uh, it's not about how different. Uh, um, God, different processes of how your bo- your physiology works. I'll tell you that. You know what it's about? It's about crafting weight stigma in weight classes, fatness oppression, people of size. This is the kind of language that they use. So you really want your kid going and taking a class like fat studies when it talks nothing about the the health benefits of losing weight or the health benefits of having a healthy lifestyle. It only talks about protecting fat people as a class of people. You wow. really want your kid going and studying that kind of shit? Depends what they're going to do. Are I don't they, think Are they so. a psychologist? I don't know. But you know what? I've been, I've been in places before where been in places where they're trying to get courses off the ground. So each course has a minimum load. So they need a minimum number of students to get the course or the course is canceled. If the course is ridiculous, they won't run it because it's not profitable. So like it's on the syllabus. Some courses are, are on the syllabus for like five years before they're canceled. They'll offer them over year over year, but they'll, they'll decline to run a serial because um, it, uh, they can't get the minimum load. And in reality, that's just how it is. So if if the fat studies course offends you, well, then it doesn't offend me. I think it's I think it should just it should. I don't know how somebody could get paid to teach about how fat people are oppressed. Yeah, but it's not for us to judge. What's not for us to? It, judge? It's like me commenting on music, man. It, it, it's like I don't have the background in it to really critique it. So That's we, why I do. No, I have the background in music. I can critique it. <laughs> but but pull the pull the pull the arrogance back just a little bit here. <laughs> and I'm saying to you is that when we talk about it goes back to what we're saying about academia and peer reviews. That's why we rely on the peer review journals to say this is this what what's being taught 
and discussed here has validity. And if it doesn't, then we need to figure out why. But we've established already that the peer-reviewed journal is meaningless. No, it's not. Well, it is if people who are creating fake journal articles. But no, you you got you you're throwing are the baby, getting you're away throwing with the baby and getting out with, for it. No, you're throwing the baby out with the bathwater, and you got to stop it. No, I'm not. Yes, you're saying the the I'm saying the the system in which it stands right now is not working. Well, and it wh- needs to be fixed. Well, why why it do definitely we, needs to be fixed? Wh- but why, why do we have uh, speed limits on the four hundred one that say one hundred when everybody drives one twenty? It's more like a guideline than anything. Well, <laughs> you're seeing my point because we only enforce so many times, okay? But when you once you get caught, that's when the problems start. That's when the corrective action happens. That's when they enter the pro uh, the judicial process, the criminal process. I mean, there, there's other there's there's other things at stake here. Um, just like when they found out that certain uh, profs at universities had the mail-in degrees, and there was a whole correction that happened. Well, everyone knows that you, cops won't pull you over if you do like a buck eighteen on the four hundred one anyway. <laughs> you do one cent over one hundred and eighteen kilometers an hour, you'll get pulled over. <laughs> You're missing the point here. I, I like here. You, you, you got, if you say let's throw out the entire institution. There's, no, I'm not saying that. No, no, and no. in fact, I, I, I stated at the very beginning, I said, if you're going to send your kids to university or if you're going to go to to get your post-secondary edu- education, I would recommend – and I'm going to take words out of your mouth for a change. I'm going to uh, say vote with your wallet. Do not get into the arts. Get into the sciences. Get into applied sciences. Get into those things that have actual uh, – get into economics. Get into business. I mean, if you got to take the arts course as an elective, sure, why not? Go for it. Do it. But honestly, the arts and the humanities are becoming polluted with this social justice nonsense, and it needs to end. Uh, I, I, I disagree. Most of the time mm. when you do – like I'm not the biggest arts guy, okay? I'm, I'm really not. I know you're more of an arts guy than I am. But I want to say that – Say it ain't so. <laughs> that's scary. But the, the point I, I have is – is that arts is supposed to be a study of ourselves. It's a study of literature and our point of views and the backgrounds behind the story. Yeah. So I agree. So I when, agree. We're, when we're doing that, that so we need these <clears throat> courses to come. We need them to, to, to fail and then understand why they failed. Because that's how we grow. I, I here, I I couldn't agree more with you. But it only works – the arts and humanities only work if you have balanced opinions on either side. But the problem with the arts is that it has been tipped in the scales of um, left and going towards extreme left opinions for the last, god, like 50 years now, if not more. Um, and it all has to do with the Soviet Union, and it all has to do with French intellectuals who got involved with um, oppression Olympics. They got involved with they when they when they found out that communism didn't work. Um, they found out very early that communism could never ever work. They decided to play a sleight of hand with the with the uh, haves versus have-nots and turned it into oppressor versus oppressed. It turned into you know. Um, and it had value to it in the beginning, 
when you saw uh, African Americans, especially um, the fight for civil rights, you know, you got a lot, you made a lot of ground with that. Then it, then it made its way into the seventies and eighties with uh, with gay and homosexual rights. Um, but now, like, I mean, yeah, we're in the realm of okay, trans rights, okay, support it, whatever. Like, you go do you as long as you can. Be a productive member of society. I don't care what your sexual orientation is. I don't care who you are. I don't care if, if black, white, Asian. I don't care. As long as you, as long as you're a productive member of society, that's all that matters. But what's happening in the universities is they're getting they're getting way out there with this like everything is an oppressor. Everything is uh, everything that is not uh, part of the university, part of the establishment, or or sorry, anything that is not part of uh, of the oppressed is therefore an oppressor. So just me talking right now, the way that I'm talking, I would get labeled as an alt right Nazi by some of these people. It's it's incredibly like, and it, it here's the thing that that does is it makes those words ne- meaningless when actual fucking Nazis come around and knock on your door. When everyone who is against your opinion is alt-right or everyone who's against your opinion is a Nazi, is an oppressor. And that's what they're teaching these kids in universities. It's it's nuts. It's unbelievable what they're trying what they're getting away with. Anyway. Wow. <laughs> wow. Do you feel better after you got that out? <sighs> no. No, I don't. <laughs> I I again when when it becomes it's like anything else. Um, I think when uh, we'll go back to a musical reference, uh, Twisted <laughs> Sister, I think it was, and he was the drummer. Um, he was doing a radio program, and he said, the radio host, why did you guys stop making music? Well, he said, when we realized that we were no longer in high school, we're, we were rich, um, we hadn't not, and we were no longer being oppressed, we, had no, we didn't have anything else to sing about. And I think for a lot of things is that when people feel finally understand or feel accepted in our society, these things will go away. But right now, there's an there, there there's a desire, there's an appetite to understand something, and universities are supposed supposed to be a place for that to happen. Do you think that the that there's going to be a correction that will occur? Yes, I firmly believe that the yeah. correction will occur. 64 genders is a lot of genders that for me to learn. <laughs> it's actually 72. I'm on I'm on You th- you forgot Z, Zier and here. <laughs> I'm on like 3. Um but cuz frankly I don't I don't need it. I treat I I use you and I use most of the time I use gender neutral pronouns. Um so I'm safe in my regards people have I recognize people have feelings and if they want to tell me they'll tell me. Now, what if legislation gets passed that forces you to use certain pronouns? And then I'll use certain pronouns. Really? Who cares? Why would you want to resist? Like, it, it, because that's a slippery slope to socialism. You know what? And then there'll be correction. That's why there's no longer there's there's hitching posts. That's, there, there it's are, the first step to becoming the Soviet Union all over again. Because the question I have, okay, I'm okay for fair treatment of all people. If some, if an individual, 
an individual person has different pronouns and they want to be referred to as a fucking two-spirit wolfkin or whatever it's like whatever man it gets you up in the morning and it gets you out doing your thing during the day that's fine you want me to call you z and zir okay i might i'll consider it just like you like you said maybe i'll just call you you or something i don't know i'll think about it i'm not going to remember it every time but here's the thing you are now dictating what i say you're now dictating the terms of how we have a discussion with each other, and it poisons the discussion. Okay? No, I know. I, I totally that's, disagree. That's no, 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 no. Just, just I'll, stop. I'll try and be respectful to you. Okay? That's fine. I'll try and be respectful to you and your desires and everything. But when the state when the state gets involved and decides you will use these words, that is the slippery slope towards getting rid of freedom of speech because who gets to decide what your words are are, are used that's the question it's who gets no to decide di- no difference and you're assuming in, some oh, infallible stop. oh just stop yeah Come on, well just stop listen who cares at the end of the day the reasons why you would use these pronouns is your ability to motivate an employee or a peer or someone your boss okay that's the reason why you would use these. So it's in your best interest as a manager to understand how your employees feel and how to get them to the job. You can be mad or upset that the times are changing. Well, grow the frick up. Okay? okay. No, no, stop. There's, stop, stop, there's stop, holes stop, in stop. your logic. No, there's not. You're yes, there, there to motivate your employees to do a job. Not necessarily. I'm there to have a job to be done, and I need an employee to do it. And if the employee can't do the job, then they won't be there. Isn't that ground? Isn't that grounds for releasing that employee? Yes, but okay. motivation. So, imp- what if the employee uses the fact that uh, they didn't use my pronouns, or they didn't respect my human rights, or they didn't res- like, and under some like arbitrary cloud of diversity and inclusion, they use that against you, and then you end up losing out on business. Wow, a lot of what ifs. Your job here well, is all. Mo- it's true. No, there's the hole in your logic. Well, you know what? It comes down to motivating your employees. It is a far cheaper to change your pronoun of how you refer to an individual than to retrain somebody else to do the job. If the person can't do the job, you're going to fire them anyway. But then they have control over you. No, they have no and control. And you're, no lo- you're no longer the supervisor. This is delusions. There has to be a respect in the relationship. There's delusions here. No, like, no, if they can't do the job, they can't do the job. They'll be fired. If you can motivate, there has to if be you a respect can, for subordination. Yes, but the point is, is that you need to recognize that they are individuals and people too. Your generation is king of this. Okay, my generation is king of what? The millennials. All right, they are king of getting this, uh, of changing the pronouns, trying to get the job to slightly adapt for them. Yeah. So they can be more productive. Now, if it's just changing three letters in a word. Man, change the three letters in the word. Is it going to make them more productive, though, if I call them by their right pronouns? Or are they just looking for an excuse to control the dialogue between me no, and the them? No, the stats say yes. So I'm their, the stats I'm their employer, say yes. and they try and gain control. It's like if somebody came up to me and said, you will, uh, you will uh, cease calling me he or she or whatever. You will, you will start calling me by my preferred pronouns. And I'm just like... Uh, okay. What is your end here? How is this going to improve your uh your output in this workplace? 
we got to stop with this woe is me and saying, okay, well, they're making me change the way I refer to them. I'm so sorry. Listen, the chances are, if you, you go like, okay, this person fell down the stairs. You'd be like, dude, man, that sucked. Are you okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what? The, this, you know what? I, I, I need a little bit of help here. Can you, can you go get this for me? And you're like, yeah, man, I, I'll go get some ice for you. Yeah, why not? Yeah, but this is no different, man. Sometimes How? when we talk about these, uh, some things, sometimes when you talk about uh, things that bother people, um, we, 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 if we talk about workplace stress, conflicts, uh, internal strife, if it's a small step for the organization just to change the goddamn pronoun, change the goddamn pronoun. One's a physical injury, and another is I have to, I have to participate in your ability to feel good as your employer. Yes, you do. Why? Get, get over it for yourself. Get over, take a human resource. Why course, you'll find out. do I have to t- participate do. in your ability to feel good? It's like Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle said it best, I think. He said, okay, I'm all for fair treatment of all these different people and all these different types, but to what degree do I have to participate in your bullshit? Well, that's life. That's joy of working with people. If you don't like it, then get out of the workforce. Or <laughs> really what it comes down to. Because your job as an employee is to interact and work with everybody. If you can't, if you're deciding that you won't do it, well, guess what? There are more people than you. Okay. So here's another fact, though, is the majority of people aren't like this. The majority of people, they don't give a shit about this. They, they go to work. They do their time. They don't talk to their boss in the way that the minority does talk to their boss in this way. And it's, let's say, 10 to 20% on either the left or the right. Yeah, welcome to the normal distribution curve, yeah. Yes. So it's the minority that we have to accommodate for when the majority is silent. Well, you know what? That's normal. That's normal. If it wasn't this, it'd be something else. It's within that, you know... The five percent. I used to have a saying that you know, I spend ninety uh, percent of my time on five percent of the people, just trying to get them to work and be productive, because that's what it takes. That's what being a manager is: knowing your people and doing bright by them, and getting them motivated to get the most production out of them. It costs money to fire and retrain, and in this economy, you're not going to get the people that you want anyway, because they're loud. Why can't we just tell them, suck it up? Nobody else is complaining about this. Well, it all Why can't you do that? It all depends how you do it, too, because then you have a court case against yourself. Mm, yes, right. Because I didn't use Z or zero, now I have a court case against me. Well, because if you violate the Charter of Rights of Human, Human Rights Commission, made sure that that was the case. And you start seeing... Bill C-16, buddy. You're starting to see gender-neutral washrooms. You're starting to see different things. So that's I mean, fine. it's a, it, to me, it's a small thing. If if that's what you're worried about, then you know what, use change the three letters to whatever it is, or or use the word they, and then move on. If you use something g- gender neutral, you'll never be wrong. I'm just saying, the people on the loud minority, they haven't thought all of this through. They haven't thought how their whatever you want to call it, ideology, they haven't thought it through, and they haven't thought how it could become tainted by some malfeasant some person who you know they just want to abuse the system or they want to take advantage of 
You know, they want to take advantage of a of a thing in order to suit their own benefits. So if that means suing somebody or suing a company that is doing good work, that generally the support the employees are supportive of everything that it does. They just want to rock the boat. They want to shout and scream, and they want to create problems for everybody else. I think I think the ideology they don't take they don't take that into account. Well, you know what? And that's but a problem. Fringe lawsuits is a normal thing. If it's not this, it's going to be something else. This is just another thing that they can try and attempt to sue on. Like, so I would separate that piece. And when you say they, it's not an organized body. It's just a bunch of people doing different things, trying to make sense of the world that they live in. And a lot of it is introspection. So there will be a big correction. Just wait for it. Grow with it. Understand that people feel different ways. I mean... I was I was at the gym, uh, the gym that I go to all the time, and my longtime friend showed up with a with a uh, a sports bra and uh, big pearl earrings and long hair, and I'm, um, was like, what is this? A, is, is I didn't know how to take it. I, I was shocked. But the, the first what, thing. What I, do you mean you were shocked? Because it it was a dude that portrayed now as a girl. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Transgender. Okay. So or, going through yeah, transition yeah. and so so the first thing in my mind is okay he's my friend okay so the first thing she he, now well what through my mind is he is my friend what does he need oh, for me okay. to support him that's I see the, what you're saying what do, what do I need to do, support this transition transition well let's look at the factors of like what can I talk about that's not offensive um, so use the word you and how's your spouse doing. And how's, you know, how is everything else? And get them to open up and try to understand. And, you know, now they're playing on the Queen's rugby team. And, you know, and all these, these other, uh, you know, other things that wouldn't be normal for that relationship. Um, but we did it without having to worry about genders. Realize that mm. there's a person behind there that either you're trying to maintain a, a friendship with, motivate them. Because, you know what, chances are if they're going through this, and they're finding they're, they've gone to drastic action to take changes in their physiological sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it, it, I, I'm pretty sure if you're going to get your genitals lopped off or restructured and go through yeah. that pain, it's not a small decision for them. And I would imagine that the internal strife is significant, and how you feel and how you react to what's going on will affect them because they're in that vulnerable state as it is. True. No, I, that's, that's so, very so, fair. And then when you're in a workforce that spans sometimes decades, and you know what? So the, 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 the one thing you do as a parent is you watch your kids grow up and let them make the mistakes and, and let them do it. It's their personal life. If the yeah, per, but if if you do have no, to protect on. them from a, to a certain extent. Yes, you can right? advise them, but you, they're still their decision. Okay. It is. It is their decision, but they need to be well informed of what it is that is incorporated in that decision. You're walking right like, into it. So look, look how no, many hold on. Kids. Let me finish. Let me finish. No, no, just like no, no a quick employees. Employees is no different. <laughs> you let them grow as long as they're if they're meeting the, the the guidelines. Let them grow. They're gonna make. They're gonna do what they need to do in their personal life. Grow or fail, and learn from it. It's very difficult to grow. If you have so much student debt that you can't, you can't take risk. You can't like you spend the rest of your life paying off a student loan. Like it's very difficult to do to do that. So that's why I'm saying 
it's important that like even if the kids don't know how to make uh, a fair judgment based on what it is they're getting themselves into over the next god knows how long three to five six years or whatever uh, with a set post-secondary post-secondary education their parents should at least take a look and i'll take a look at what's going on what it is they're getting themselves into because the fact of the matter is i know so many people in my age group who cannot get who still cannot get work they have been graduated from their institutions for the better part of 10 years now and a lot of them are still having a hard time finding stable employment for the long term well that's normal now and it's because of because the university degree i i, I for lack of a better word like I, I can't think of a better word than is meaningless it no. does not carry the same weight that it used to well of course not and right now, it's, you go you go with, with the market. So when you get a degree, you're a resource, okay? So anybody's mm-hmm. a resource. You've done, right. All resources have a different skill attribution to them, okay? So if you get a, a degree in, in gender studies, and it's a very subspecialized view of human resources that you want to get into after you get your, you know, CHRP or you get your MBA and you move on with these things, or, or you go the academic route and you go through and you just want to teach, okay, fine. But the point is, if you get a degree that there's no market for, what's the point? Exactly. So, so and that goes back to just where do you want to be, and how you're going to get there. So, well, it there comes is down a to understanding, it, but it's all, all on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, that, then well, there's a way of making money off that too. And well, you got to make a uniform out of it too. You got to dye your hair purple, and you got to get horn rim sunglasses, and you got to add about thirty pounds of weight. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm working on it. But anyways, <laughs> like there, there's a, there's other things here, and, and it, it's it's easy to to paint things with a broad brush, but there's hundreds and hundreds of different university programs and college programs that all depend, and they, you just got to pick that what's growing the next ten years in my area where I want to live, because don't pick something that's growing outside your area. Like I did when I was, you know, nineteen, and I went to becoming a computer programmer, and yeah, it's great. Y two K bubble burst. I was in Winnipeg, and guess what? There wasn't a lot for me there. No. So it was dumb. So you I definitely had, had to move for so your for any employment. So I had to make a choice: either I stay there or leave. So yeah. I left. But um, most young people, I think, I think that's part of growing up. Like part of going through your twenties is like. You got to leave the fucking le- nest, man. You cannot stay. You shouldn't stay in your parents' basement. You shouldn't be stuck back at home. You know, you should honestly move outside of the nest completely, not sever ties, like keep in touch with your folks and stuff. Like, hopefully, you have a good relationship with your parents and that kind of thing for, to start. But, like, I think you should leave the nest. You should go, go out and figure it out. Figure out what it is that makes you you and go and learn some shit. Like, and, and if there's something that you're interested in, pursue it to the extent that meets your plan, meets your plan, meets your plan, meets your plan, meets your plan. Go for it. Meets your plan. Because you said take, go to school and take some shit. So, <laughs> so. I, I actually, so I, I don't, you probably said, you said it a hell of a lot better than I could ever say it. <laughs> Most of the time you do. But I had a question for you, actually. 
Um, kind of slightly switching gears here. And the question is, why do you think we're here now? Like, why are we at this at this juncture? Um, I know we're going a little bit over time right now. Um, but why do you think this is all happening? Because like ten years ago, this wasn't this wasn't part of the discussion. Like this is being discussed all over the place right now over mainstream media. You see it in the news all the time. It's happening on YouTube all over the place. People are talking about it all over social media. Why do you think this is happening? Well, I think this is just an extension of other things that are going on. Um, for me, part of it is I still go back to my concept of the downfall of every society has been boredom. Um, the technology is there. Um, there's yeah. documented uh, documented reasons why people feel um, transgendered. Uh, it's not a new thing. Um, I know I was I attended some events at the LGBTQ. I think they call it no LGBT LGBTQ plus. No, I no, no, blah blah blah. I went back twenty years now, so I, I, I oh, okay. participated in some events at University of Winnipeg, um, and I donated money. Okay, um, but the point being is, is how that, dare you? No, they're they're just people. That's the key point. <laughs> they're people trying to do different things. Um, and better the cause of the, pe- the, the person next to them. I mean, if you have two people, if you have one person, you have an anomaly. If you have two people, you have an interesting situation. But if you have three or more that are causing the same thing, maybe we should really look at it. And I know three transgendered people that are going through the transition process. So is it is it is it me that needs to change, or they've already identified that they don't feel comfortable and they want to change? Is it a fad like body modification or an extension of body modification, maybe it is. I don't know, but I'm not an expert. I am just going to go by, if I had a son or daughter that felt that they needed, they didn't feel comfortable in who they were, and they did some introspection through the aid of a clinical psychologist, and they they think that this is probably where they want to go, my view on it is to support them all the way through it. And it for my people, including that, something like hormone therapy and all that kind of stuff. Yes. Wow. If, if that's what they, if that's what they need to feel, you know, feel better about themselves, then that's it. Let let them do it. Because it's under the care. Yeah. Because it, it's no small feat. Because once you do a medical doctor, and a medical doctor has to look at this stuff, it's not like you're they're you're, they're going to Claire to get their ear pierced here. They're going. Yeah. They're they're, they're going another doctor. And one doctor diagnoses, another doctor has to agree to the diagnosis. Then right. he's got to convince all the other doctors to be part of the surgical team to build whatever genitalia or to help this person transition. Maybe Hopefully. They, and and I'm, I'm assuming there's a gradient here. Maybe they keep the genitalia, but they... What you're saying is that you hope that they've gone through enough filters to be able to say, okay, this is the most, this is the solution that makes the most sense. So on the other end of this... I'm a manager having employees knowing that they're in such internal turmoil that they feel the need to do this to themselves to, to, to try and deal with the internal pain. So yeah. at least I could do is change the goddamn pronoun. Hmm. Wow. Look at you and your little sound bites. <laughs> no, the, um, I agree with you in terms of support. Like, 
for example, if it were my son um, going through all this, there's nothing stopping me from supporting my son uh, and whatever it is that you know makes him feel good. You know, I want to make sure that I support him that way. Yeah, but if, it's it, not, if it turns out, that's perfect. Here's the thing. No, no. So stop I, right I am, there. So I'm if he goes to the workforce, hesitant. well, you went on your spiel. I'm gonna yeah. do mine. But here's a perfect transition because if he goes in the workforce, wouldn't you want him to be supported too? Yeah, he'll be supported in the workforce as well. Maybe, maybe not. Depends if he follows the sixty-four pronouns. Provided he can, provided he can do the job that he's being asked to do, that he's applying for. But I wouldn't raise my son to be one of these people that outspeaks about social injustice when, honestly, did you look at yourself before anything bad happened, right? If you got fired because um, because you look different, because you are are different from the people around you, I mean – the thing I would tell my son is maybe it's not the place that you should be working at anyway. It sounds like it's full of douchebags. That's what it sounds like. So I would just move on, right? Yeah, but some people move are on and find a workplace. Now, granted, it's not what, so you're, easy. what we're getting at the argument, the counter argument to that is people who people who have that they shouldn't have to look elsewhere for work. They shouldn't have to go through that. I get it. Fine, whatever. But. What I was trying to get back to my original point, where I'm going with this is like, yes, I want my son to feel supported. I want, but he'll and he'll get that. He'll get that support from me, no matter what, no matter what is going through his head. But when it comes to doing things like hormone therapy and 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 putting all the like putting shit like chemicals into his body, given what we know about how the human being develops. And how the frontal – is it the frontal lobe or the frontal cortex or whatever? It doesn't get fully developed until 25. On the grounds of I don't want to start messing with brain chemistry and I don't want to start messing with body physiology until the kid has hit at least 25 years old. I will support him. I will provide him – with the the um, psychological stability and support that he needs to get through whatever it is he's going through, I'm also going to make sure that he's tough enough to figure out or tough enough to be able to um, have uh, a little resilience going into the workforce, going into uh, education, going into the stuff. I'm going to make sure that he's armed with a little bit of resilience. You got to be able to take some bullshit. And because there's a lot of bullshit out there, <laughs> like man, woman, or both, it doesn't matter. Like you're gonna have to deal with bullshit uh, going going through life. Um, so with with my son, it's just like I will support you in every way. I'm gonna prepare you in every way that I can, but at the same time, I'm not gonna start injecting shit into your body. I don't know what what the effect is going to be. I don't know what it's going to possibly be, what what could happen. And I'm not about to play fucking Russian roulette with goddamn hormones. And that's that's my philosophy on the whole thing. I again, so like the pieces, I I, I appreciate your support for your son, but we're, ta- we're when we look at the the greater scheme of thing, yeah, there's bullshit out there, but do we need to put up the bullshit? And I would say when we're looking at motivating employees to become a productive team. That bullshit sometimes doesn't need to be there, especially when you start looking at the effects of hazing and and all those other things. 
the effect of workplace bullies, that doesn't need to be there. That this is a place of work. Well, it, bullies are existing everywhere. Yeah, but they don't need to be there. They're not. They don't support the institution. Any but they're always going to be everywhere, no matter where you go. Whether you're a progressive bully or a, just a standard, I'm going to bully you because I'm a piece of shit prick, right? There's going to be bullies everywhere you go. And you said it yourself. We're kind of dealing with a society that doesn't have enough struggle. Well, you want some struggle? Let bullies just be bullies because no, bullies no, no, no. are what prepare people for actual fucking life. No, they don't. No, they don't. To an extent, they no, do. No, they don't. No, they don't. Sure they do. freaking don't. Because they, bullies do not serve the institution. They're not part of the, the expressed state of the organizational culture. In fact, bullies are the people that want, are the ones that control, control organization from within, that keep it for organization from succeeding. We're talking about rampant, uh, you're talking about bureaucracies or organizations diverging from their expressed state of interest. Well, usually that is a result of bullies and empire building. And well, I know you, you don't. think about it, bullies. And this kind of gets back to my original original question of why is this all happening, right? So I watched uh, I watched Vice the other night, the movie Vice. Christian Bale plays uh, Dick Cheney. Have you seen that? No. It's good. It's a good movie. You should, if you get a chance, um, go out and and uh, and go out and see it or if you can get it I don't know if it'll be on Netflix or whatever whenever it comes by man talk about a more than a larger than life representation of of a man who I don't know I don't know another guy in the world who is more hated today <laughs> um but other than maybe Trump but uh, here's the thing I think I think politics influences uh, a lot of this predicament, and I think bullies are a big part of it. So I'll, I'll try and just dive right into it. So I think the reason why we're talking about a lot of this stuff now, now is because there was a major backlash or a major counterculture that happened after the 2016 election, much like what happened after the 2008 election when Obama got elected. So uh, when Obama got elected, there is a there was a small fringe on the right um, who a lot of a lot of people in there. There's probably a few bullies in there. They told the rest of the right saying you are not conservative enough, and they ended up becoming the Tea Party. And look at who 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 ended up getting elected in, at the end of the day. Now it wasn't the Tea Party, but it was somebody who was, according to the right, so ultra conservative. Um, he was the only answer in response to Obama, right? I think the left is having a similar response to the fact that Trump got elected in 2016. And you're seeing things like Antifa grow out of the woodwork. It's, it's, you're not progressive enough. Whereas on the right, it was, you were not conservative enough. So we're going to make as conservative a movement as we possibly can. As, as possibly as we can, and it's going to be the Tea Party movement. Here, you're starting to see all this talk about um, the the political correctness that is going that 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 it's it seems to have been like I don't know the microphone has been amplified. Let's let's just put it that way. There, you're seeing a lot of that. It's like radical radicalized leftism. Um, we talked about it in the last uh, last episodes about uh, 
the Me Too movement getting hijacked by political parties, um, guys being ousted from political uh, situations because of the actions of, of uh, anyway, I'm you know you know that I think that's where we're get, I think that's where I'm getting at is, you know, you're not all, you're not progressive enough. Not only do we need affirmative action and forced diversity, but it's like these people are trying to say we need to purge our culture of all the things that we hate about ourselves that they think is like inherent among uh, amongst hu- human beings, racism, bigotry, hatred, hatred. So it's it's all it's become radicalized leftism. And it's only like we've said before, it's only the silent mi- or the the loud minority. It's the yeah. it's the 10 percent of the left that that is doing it now and it was the 10 percent of the right that was doing it back in the day but they got the microphone you know what i i i think we gotta take a step back a bit too and the sense is that we always say well this is what we're losing and i would say what are we gaining what are we gaining by doing this i'm not doing the work i'm sitting at home watching netflix periodically you know reading the news I, i'm mm-hmm. not doing the work what is what's at stake if we just say, "Hey, well, whatever, we'll use gender-neutral pronouns in business writing." What's the cost? What does it cost me? But what do I gain? So I gain more motivated employees. Sure, go go have it. Don't care. It was just the, the, the arguments you're making are <clears throat> the same ones for same-sex marriage. <clears throat> same sex, if, but if we can be married, why can't we have the same benefits? And that's still not all the way across. Not everybody has the ability to be same sex, it, it, so I, I think this is just an extension of the same sex marriage, same sex uh, rights. I think this is just an evolution of, of that branch. Okay, so well, I think it's just like it a, old, the pendulum is, it, is swinging left or right. I think it's still swinging. Um, yeah, but the, the point is that what happens when you have left versus right? When the right seems to be gaining ground, the the left starts yelling a little bit louder, trying to get drive, drive attention to their issues but you know what again if it motivates employees it motivates employees improve productivity improve productivity make business successful successful businesses increase taxes all right increase taxes you gotta be careful though you know i don't have to be careful because there is such a thing as employees are a little too motivated you know and we called it the uh, october revolution of 1919 <laughs> or was it 1917 1917 went a picture strike <laughs> but it, that has to do with worker strikes so you know what if employees are if employees are treated fairly there's no need for unions unions don't get a foot, uh, foothold when um when they feel like there's a there's a this, this uh, disparate or discrepancy in how the organization is treating them, and reality is that if an organization starts looking at doing uh, what the, some of the tactics they use are uh, union substitution techniques, where the, the the company starts giving the thing giving the the employees the things that they want and fairly and pay them competitively, the, the, yeah. the strife for a union goes away. Again. Well, no, we we got into this. We got into this before about our, our talk on unions. And no, I agree with you. I mean, that's what the left is for. They're there to look out for the rights because, like you said, if if everybody was treated fairly in the workplace, we wouldn't need unions. Well, that's clearly not the case because 
there is there is an equality there is uh disenfranchisement within the within the workplace but that's what the left is looking out for and uh, and and by all accounts they're doing it they're still doing it and they're all, they've they have been doing it for over well now for 100 years right within canada um but uh but what's happening is there's there's people who are they're looking out for the rights of I don't know. I don't know what they're trying to do. It's hard to say exactly what it is they're trying to do. They're they're trying to they're trying to create injustice when there is no injustice. You know, it's like it's like institutionalized grievance almost. You know what? It's weird. I I I I, I don't think so. You don't think so? I don't think so because otherwise there wouldn't be so many clinicians that are advocating for the the change of you know the change of genders. So, um. I don't think so. I th- I think there is there is something here, and I, I I like the arguments to me. I think I heard exactly what you said when we talked about uh, slavery, and uh, I was in a movie once. You know that that's just how it is. Well, you know we're gonna ha- we're gonna enslave the black people because just that's just how it's done. I, oh I, shit! I, I I don't I don't agree with that. And I don't agree with that approach saying, listen, there, there, there are people here that feel like they're being marginalized, discriminated against, and we're saying, or I'm not saying, but I mean, but there's, there's arguments out there that are saying, yeah, you know, there's nothing wrong here. I don't have, I don't, I don't have a problem. Why would you have a problem? Well, they're, they're, they're saying it to us. Saying, I have a problem. I just need you, I just need you to reword something. And you know what? If you reword it, I'll be a more productive member of society. And if if that's all it takes for us to do it, just let them have it. It costs us next to nothing. You know, we say, well, we have to redo the forms. Well, we're reprinting the forms anyway. They upgrade every couple of years. Next batch, we'll just change it. Our IT systems, it's just another little tweak. We're talking about we're talking about marriage rights. Should should gay couples have the same rights as straight couples? Absolutely, because we're trying to marriage is a trap. It's a trap. But, but, but <laughs> it, it, it's these small things. If these small things can make us a more inclusive environment, fine. The way I, I look at marriage is, uh, if if uh, if gay people want to get married and be as miserable as the rest of us, that's fine. Let them be. <laughs> I think someone's sleeping on the couch when this was released. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, but. No, I agree with you in in fair treatment of individuals. And and and, and saying if I want to be that's called, what it comes down to. If I want to be called, you know, you know, some some sort of uh, more uh, gender neutral version of whiskey, fine, because you know in French there's masculine and feminine nouns. Mm-hmm. Um, so what? And so what? If I want to be called, you know. Tomorrow, next week, I'm gonna be called rum. You know what? You're gonna call me rum because you're my friend. And are and you, you calling? Are you calling yourself effeminate because you're rum? What? No, but if I want to, you're sweet because rum is sugary and sweet. Exactly. Right. So if I want to change things up a little bit, you know what? Just who cares? I'm sorry. I uh, I shouted earlier. I shouted. Oh shit! Earlier because I'm watching the Canada Finland game and Finland just tied it up one one. Um, I think you should leave it in there. It was perfectly timed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a it's a oh shit moment. But um, 
I, I'm all for the fair treatment of individuals, but let individuals decide that. Let individuals decide the fair treatment. When the state gets involved and starts institutionalizing, then you start putting – you start saying we have to treat people upon based upon different categories and all that kind of stuff. Who gets to decide what the categories are? And the categories can be any number of categories. So all these people who are raging about how they're uh, part of the oppressed class, the first of all, I'll 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 will start by saying, okay, you're 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 talking how you're a part of an oppressed class because uh, from your phone, first of all, while you're going to a university institution, <laughs> second of all, um, and then you haven't even considered the rest of the world. Um, like how many of the how many people are actually being fucking oppressed when you're actually just sitting behind in your fucking pajamas in your parents' basement, raging on social media about how fucking oppressed you are? Like that's it's nonsense. It's silly. You you don't you don't take into account that there are people out there in the world who are a hell of a lot more oppressed than you are, and they're actually trying to come to the country from which to which you are bitching in. Uh, in order to in order to become less oppressed. Hey, well, right? just just stop. It's their country too. It's our country, and it's their country too. So regardless, again, I, I, to me, it's a mute argument. It's, what what do you talk? What do you mean? It's a mute argument. Uh, so if they're com- they're complaining, they say well, they want to be treated a certain way. Well, then let them. If, if they need to be treated a certain way, yeah, you treat them with in accordance with the regulations and the law of the land. If they want to lobby government, to yes, change the law. The law as it stands right now. Yeah, you don't make up laws, though. You don't make up laws that start categorizing people, and that's the that's the potential threat right now. Oh, I don't see it as a threat. That's why they have another box. Okay. And well, for the provincial government, they came up with male, female, and other. Oh, other. So they 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 listed all sixty four. They came up with other, and I'm like, that's a reasonable accommodation for what's going on, because they're people too. We should just go based off of what your chromosome count is, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, that works. Can a, you, if you're hermaphrodite, can you make, it gets can really you confusing. make babies or can't you make babies? Well, if you're hermaphrodite, you can do it yourself. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, even then, there, there we, we've got documented cases where it just naturally comes out wrong. Um, so, anyways, I think we should wrap it up here. And it didn't go, go exactly the way we wanted. Um, but if I can yeah. maybe, maybe summarize my points is is that you know if we're look what are we trying to do as if we're the enlightened ones and we're saying there's an issue here that is being addressed if we're the enlightened ones what is the aim of what we're trying to do if we're trying to motivate people let's do it if we're trying to demotivate people let's figure out why um, but in reality <coughs> demotivating people just serves nobody no, no nobody's purpose. But if you're a manager, you're responsible for the organization, for the motivation of the people beneath you. So you may have a problem with it. But you, again, your, your job is to motivate the people beneath you. So mm-hmm. that isn't by bullying them. That isn't by suppressing whatever their internal problems are. Your job is to be a better person and rise to the occasion. I don't know, buddy. If you let 10% of your employees dictate what you say, you look like a pretty weak employee or employer. No, you won't. You get, <laughs> treat everybody fairly in accordance with the regulations. That's what it's about. And that's what it is about. 
That's what it should be about. And that's the best way to sum- summarize my point. Let it, uh, let it be decided on the merit of individuals um, between employer and, and employee. I would just caution the state to not get involved with that shit. We have a pretty good system where we – what we have right now. Is it perfect? No. Does it need work? Sure. There's a lot of massaging that needs to happen. But uh, when the state starts getting involved in, in, uh, in, these, in these subtle little nuances based off of ideological arguments, it's, uh, it's dangerous. I think it, gets, I think it can get very dangerous. And that's it. That's all i got to say. Okay. Well, thank you for, this, for listening in. I'm Whiskey. And I'm Rox, folks. And we'll see you next week. Thanks. Hey, everybody. Rox here. I just want to take another moment of your time and shamelessly ask that you like and subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your weekly dose of whiskey and rocks. We're currently on iTunes. We're now officially on the Google Play Store. Uh, We're on Stitcher and YouTube, and we're continuously looking for more ways to expand. As well, you can help us out even more if you write us a review on Facebook, tell all your friends, and even get involved in the conversation. Thanks again for listening, and stay tuned for more 320 Club.